Today's episode is brought to you by the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. To learn more, visit usbank.com slash altitude go. As a traveler, it's a fact you're going to need to manage your spending in different currencies. You need a service that not only helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast, but also does it without the hidden fees or exchange rate markups. This is where WISE comes in. WISE is the easiest way to connect all of your finances internationally. I've been a customer for over a decade. It's been a lifesaver for me as a traveler, a nomad, and now a permanent resident abroad. If you're a traveler who's still using your regular bank, you need to check this out. Join 16 million customers and learn how the WISE account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash travel. That's wise.com slash travel. Thank you to WISE for supporting today's show. This episode of Zero to Travels brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. I always love doing something to do with art, but the environment growing up in China is like if you do something to do with art, you're a loser. You know, like it's only the people who, who don't behave at school will choose doing art. I believe any as people needs to speak up about it. That's why, because we all live in fear. That's why it's, it's no good. It's no, we're not doing well. That's what, that's part of the reason I want to write. I want to be artist is because if no one's going to say, nothing's going to change. There's no change. That was CD17, who is today's guest, discussing the importance of the arts. And part of this conversation serves as an important reminder of the power we all hold as individuals to speak up. Seventeen is a techno music artist, DJ, painter, and poet who grew up in the Yunnan province of China. I had never spoken in depth with somebody who grew up in China and what that experience was like. And she shares that and how tough it was coming out of that environment to pursue an unconventional path and what she had to overcome to follow her dreams. We discuss her book, The Weights We Carry is the title, which contains poems from a solo bikepacking journey around the Scottish Highlands and the Orkney Islands. She shares how this trip helped her heal and rediscover her own power, what the adventure was like, and how it impacts her to this day. And this story just might inspire you to, as Seventeen wrote on the back of her book, quote, jump on a bike, go on a journey, dive deep into the self, and let the weight of my human identity dissolve into the wind, end quote. Let's get into it, shall we? Buckle up, strap in, thanks for being here, and welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. You're listening to the Zero to Travel podcast, where we explore exciting travel-based work, lifestyle, and business opportunities, helping you to achieve your wildest travel dreams. And now your host, world wanderer and travel junkie, Jason Moore. Hey there, it's Jason with ZeroToTravel.com. Welcome to the show. Thanks for hanging out, letting me bring a little travel into your ears today. This is a show to help you travel the world on your terms to fill your life with as much travel as you desire, no matter what your situation or experience. You heard at the top, today's guest, CD17, going by 17, as you'll hear in this interview. And I do want to mention that there is discussion of suicide and suicidal ideation in this show. If you or someone you know is experiencing suicidal thoughts or a crisis, 
please reach out immediately to a suicide prevention hotline near you. Every country has a number you can call. And with that said, let's get into my conversation with Seventeen. By the way, her book, The Weights We Carry, is only available as a physical copy. It is not sold as an ebook. And that is because Seventeen wanted to encourage everyone to get off social media, off their chair, out into the outdoors, and to explore new possibilities. So enjoy my chat with Seventeen. Stick around on the back end. I'll leave you with a quote from the book as well as some thoughts on the interview. Thanks for listening. Have you done a lot of podcasts before? Or? Uh, only once. Not really a podcast. It's like a radio show, but it's more to do with my DJing stuff. Yeah, you're a DJ. <laughs> yeah. What kind of what kind of uh, music do you play? Techno. I see your decks in the back. Yes. <laughs> nice. My, uh, Old happy days. <laughs> yeah. Do you spin vinyl or do you use like the Serato? Is it Serato or the system where you... Uh, CDJs, the, the really fancy, but you don't need much skill sort of stuff. Just press <laughs> sync. There's no chance you make a mistake. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah. What do you like about DJing? <laughs> to be honest, because I, I used to be like, oh, I'm going to be the coolest teenager. So... <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I if you're know. like, if you're a DJ, you're kind of in charge of the party in, in a lot of ways, right? Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, because I'm very socially anxious. Not now anymore. Like, not so bad. But before, I'm so socially anxious. I don't want to speak to anyone at the party, so I can be a DJ. <laughs> Did that help you get over that? Oh yeah. Like, no one's gonna talk to me, and then. You know, like, I'm, I'm busy DJing. Don't talk to me. Yeah, right. And then when I finish, people come to talk to me. I was like, oh, you play a great set. I'm like, yeah, thank you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That sounds like the opposite of what I would think, because as a DJ, you're kind of like the center of attention, right? So but if you're not like going to talk to anybody, you don't want to kind of. Yeah, it's like two worlds <laughs> colliding. <laughs> yes. And trust me, lots of DJs like become a DJ because they're so anxious. <laughs> So it, it, I mean, I guess it worked out. It made you a little more, uh, helped you get over your social anxiety in some ways or? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> how was, how has that been for you? How, how has that been for me? Yeah. That just that journey of getting comfortable with, yeah. Interacting in that way and things like, cause I mean, some people might be listening that struggle with the same thing. So I'm just curious of, as to how, uh, that's been for you. It's been very, uh, helpful. Like, like personally, um, cause like I'm from China and then we, we tend to be more <laughs> introverted. So I'm, I'm getting much more comfortable, like saying I'm going to a room. Um, I'm not scared and be able to be there. And if I want to speak to anyone, I can, I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm so scared. And also, uh, be, and be able to read people's energy so I like kind of like I put the like the the job of a DJ putting a track which match the energy of the crowd which is something very very useful so so like say you're gonna want to negotiate something and then you can pick it up okay this person is probably feeling like this so I better say stuff this way but I also can <laughs> If 
I don't have a, if I have an ill intention, I can be very manipulative. <laughs> don't do that today. No, I'm kidding. No. Uh, <laughs> no, well, I'm excited to have you here because a lot of this stuff that we're talking about is already, I can, I can feel it. Like I can think it in my head, how it's crossing into what we're going to talk about today. And well, we're going to talk about your, your book of poetry. Super cool. I've got it right here. Thanks for the copy. The weights we carry poems from a solo bike packing journey around the Scottish Highlands and the Orkney Islands by CD17. And I should say welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. And you are, you go by 17, I guess, right? Yeah. Yes. Congrats on the book. And yeah, you talked about the energy of the crowd and matching that as a DJ. And I mean, what's pretty cool about this having had an opportunity to go through a nice good old fashioned paper copy of a book, yay, is seeing how the photography and the views match the poems you wrote at the time of the journey. And, you know, in some ways it was kind of making me think about the book when you met said matching the music with the energy of crowd, because you're really the energy of the poem that you've written on this particular view or this thing you're looking at. I mean, to me, like, right. It has to be somewhat infused with some of the energy of that place and what you were taking in. It's like the, it's like a combination of, um, you who you are in that moment and and what you're feeling and then the the actual geographic physical location you're in right Mm -hmm. what is that energy exchange like for you (laughs) interesting question i don't know how to answer this it never came across my mind um change one question (laughs) (laughs) okay well let's talk about growing up in china then i I know some of the uh psychologists that have influenced you and stuff like that Uh, there's something with the subconscious and the unconscious mind maybe your your unconscious or your subconscious mind can work on that question you talk about some other stuff this is a big part of your journey it sounds like you moved to the uk when you were 17 years old on your own to study psychology at King's College in London. Tell me about that time. Like, how did you end up doing that on your own? Why and why psychology? Like, to be honest, every time I tell this story to people, it's going to be a different version. That's that's storytelling, (laughs) right? (laughs) Ideally, the story gets better each time, right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so um, I always love doing something to do with art, but the environment growing up in China is like, if you do something to do with art, you're a loser. You know, like it's only the people who who don't behave at school would choose doing art. Oh, really? So, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, wow. so I, I wanted to study um, filmmaking or music and then my parents don't agree. And then I'm like, oh, you better choose something academic. And then I'm like, uh, I, you know, that's not I who want, I am. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, okay, maybe I choose psychology because anyways, it's kind of like convertible to anything I want to do. Yeah, so I chose psychology. And then like moving to UK on my own, is, I think it's, it's such a thing lots of Chinese people um, need to face because it's super competitive in the country when you're trying to get into university. And, uh, well, the, the competition is, it's not so necessary. And there's such a stigma. They were like, oh, you can't handle the pressure in the, in, in the country. That's why you, you fleeting aboard. Oh, 
uh, yeah. Is that but, the perception? Yeah, yeah, there is such a per- perception, but it's, it's totally not true. Like when we are applying to school in the UK, it's it's super difficult. Like, uh, yeah, like we have, we, we need to make sure the language we do, like that the, it's behaving. Uh, <laughs> and then we say, for example, people doing A-level, they, they take like, well, I didn't do A-level, I did AP, and, but normally people would do like five, six of them. But most of my classmates, we did like 12 in order to, to get out of the country. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mm. So let's talk about the, the culture a little bit more, the, this idea that if, you're, if you pursue art, you're, you're a loser. Because I, 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 this is fascinating to me because I'm, I'm not going to say there's a variation of this in all cultures because it might be... I've never been to China and I've never lived there. So I, I'm only going on with the cultural context that you share here today. You know, there's there are all these sort of uh, stereotypical things around art and artists, I think, in, in various cultures. But that sounds like pretty extreme, you know, where you're coming from. Like that's like next level kind of like, okay, if you pursue this, you're, you're, <laughs> you're a loser in your words. I mean, that that's pretty harsh. Well, I'm curious, like, you know, when artists make it i mean you have you know famous pop artists or famous uh sculptors or painters or whatever like in like every country and those people are known and i imagine they're respected so i don't understand the disconnect like why why is it that people can look at established artists in china and like admire them and respect their work but then you know they have to start somewhere so then if somebody's pursuing the arts they look at them completely differently why why is that I think it's, it's to do with the how to say the education system. It's been set up. It's like it's just it's just so odd. Like if you if you're doing arts, you probably don't use your brain so much because you're doing if you're doing arts, you're probably using your how to say your sense, your intuition more than using you know your logical brain. And also if you're doing if you're doing art, you're probably less likely to obey. But then in our education system, we have to obey. Like even even in the history class, we were like, oh, you probably not say like the actual history is, is you know, it's still debatable. Like even nowadays, we still didn't know what exactly it's a certain thing. Like if it's, at, if it's true, what's been told, you argue about it. And the teacher was like, shut up. What I say is right. Like you don't, this is what's going to, ask you in the exam you have to do exactly why i told you yeah yeah and it's not allowed to i guess speak out or disobey yeah yeah yeah. so how does that work as a as a student in that system that everything inside of you is sounds like it was telling you like this isn't something about this is messed up at least for for you right and you must have had some other friends that felt the same way. How how does that work growing up in that school system like that when you're you're feeling do you just kind of suffer through it or are you like forming secret groups with your friends to like talk about these things in private or like how do you kind of get through that when you feel the opposite? Ah, uh, we <laughs> Yeah, of course like well and like secretly we're bitching about it. <laughs> but it's 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 sad. It's is it's like even though we're bitch about, we can't we can't do anything. Yeah, because like of the system. Ha- yeah, like um, it's something like um, I'm sure like not everyone have the the bad experiences I do, but then there when I was it was in primary school 
like in uh, on the fourth grade, like the teacher would actually come into the class and then say, "Oh, now is the time you're gonna tell me." And is any of your classmates is been bitching about anything about me about the system? And if you if you don't if like you know it's it's a bit insane. So it's basically we don't trust each other, and then they will literally tell us. Anyone sit next to you is going to be your competitor, and you shouldn't be friends with them.、Mm, wow, really? Yeah, yeah, it's a bit extreme. And would you say is this typical of? You came from、uh, the Yunnan province, right? Am I pronouncing that correctly? Yeah. Okay. Is is this typical of that area, or is this sort of typical if you had to? I I know, of course. Things it's a huge country, so, but I mean, would you say this is sort of the general system across all the countries? Is more typical to your area? A public school. Public school. Because、okay. I also went to、uh, like very shortly public school in Beijing. It's even worse. <laughs> it's like sixty people, almost seventy people in a class, and there's one teacher, and then like, um, that was. That was like second second year of my primary school. So if you, you need to bribe the teacher, you need to give them like gifts so you can sit in front of the like at the front row of the classroom. If you don't do that, you're gonna be on the back. And that's、But、like a now, known thing. Well, like it's like you know, like, like a, they a, were yeah, like unspoken, a, a, yeah, secret rule. I'm I'm sure like nowadays is 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 much better. Like people actually. You know, deal with it, but like at when I was in in primary school, it's like that. Like there were even classmates, like taking, like the teacher going to travel in Europe, so they always sit on the first front row of the classroom. It's just it's like, like, yeah, incredible. Wow. <laughs>、mm. Wow. I mean, I'm I'm sorry, I'm asking so many questions about this, but it's just fascinating to me because. <laughs> Ask. I want. I want more people to know. Okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> also, seeing that in your journey, you have this book of poetry. You're you're a painter. You've been a DJ. You've like you're you have embraced the artist within. Let's say, and and of course, like by the way, I should say that's a total fallacy, right? That like artists don't lose their logical mind. That's completely untrue. <laughs> of course, artists use their logical mind like anybody else to solve problems and and things. It's interesting when the general perception is not that across like an entire country and an entire system. I don't know if that was your teacher or if that's just like system. Like they actually teach the teachers to pit the students against each other, meaning you know create mistrust within the group of students so they compete and they don't trust each other. Is that like a systemic thing or is that just like it was that teacher's strategy? Well, I'm not so confident to say it's like everywhere, but、right. I've been hearing a story like this quite a lot. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's 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 something else. It's not so. And also, like when I'm saying this, because like they always have this thing. I'm um. So in China, if you if you have like an art, a piece of art, or like a like a film, uh, there was like a specific, um. Government organization, they're gonna check every single line you write in it. Is it gonna be suitable? Is it gonna be proper to speak about it? And it's been hammered into our brain. So when I'm speaking this with you, like、uh, I'm, I'm like still like on the back of my brain. Oh, is this this line I'm supposed to say? Are you? Can you get in trouble for the things you're saying right now? Is it like that? 
No, oh, well, I'm not in China. I probably can't. <laughs> no, no, but I mean, what are you? Can you not go back now because of? Ah, uh, well, it depends on what I say. <laughs> really? But, but okay. so far, so far, I'm safe. I didn't say anything. It's so explicit. I see. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't want to get you in trouble. I mean, if it's a- no, no, no. I, I believe, I believe, any as people needs to speak up about it. That's why, because we all live in fear. That's why it's it's no good. It's no, we're not doing well. That's mm. what. That's part of the reason I want to write. I want to be artist. Is because if no one's gonna say, nothing's gonna change. Yeah. There's no change. Right. Mm. I love the that you do that. Thank you for that. Thanks for, <laughs> yeah, thanks. I mean, it, it is like, well, it's important to remember that individuals make a difference, you know, and individuals speaking out make a difference. You know, it, thinking about that, I mean, just a little bit you've told me and trying to kind of put myself in, in your shoes, I mean, I have two small kids, so it breaks my heart to think that that type of uh, environment would be pushed on them at such a young at any age but such a young age i mean you can only imagine how many talented artists how much talent is thrown away just because of the the way the system is working yeah and those not just artists also athletes are being sure. looked down engineers any any you know everybody no engineers is fine engineers, oh, oh, engineers looked okay. yeah, i guess that was a bad example <laughs> engineers doctors and lawyers that's all uh, acceptable or you know i don't know yeah, it's a more like the academic kind of like generally, uh, traditionally, let's say within the last industrial revolution, that perception of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a high, yeah, like high value position or somebody that society sees as important, let's say. I'm using air quotes. Yes. Right? Yeah. We'll get back to the interview in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by U.S. Bank. Recently, I went out for tacos, and it wasn't even Friday. Yes, we have Taco Friday in Norway, not Taco Tuesday. Well, more importantly, I could have earned rewards for every scrumptious bite of those chorizo soft shells. Introducing the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Earn four times points when you go out for dining or order takeout and restaurant delivery, including tacos. Plus, you can earn two times points when you shop for or order your groceries, two times points when you need to fill up or charge up at gas stations and EV charging stations. You're even rewarded with two times points just for your favorite streaming services. Go to usbank.com slash altitude. Go! To learn more about how you can earn 20,000 bonus points worth $200 if you spend $1,000 in the first 90 days of opening your account. Win big with the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Visit usbank.com slash Altitude Go to apply. Limited time offer. The creditor and issuer of this card is U.S. Bank National Association pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc. Some restrictions may apply. This episode of Zero to Travel is presented by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. From muddy jungle paths and snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder has the capability to take you to some of the most epic destinations on Earth. We're excited to partner with Nissan because our listeners know we love to celebrate the joy of exploring the world and finding the best off-the-beaten path destinations to visit. And there's no better vehicle for that 
than the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys, and it even has the best towing capacity in its class, up to 6,000 pounds, so you can bring the fun with you. But Nissan also knows that it's not just about where you go. In a Pathfinder, the real fun comes from getting there, and that's something we love celebrating here on the Zero to Travel podcast. We believe that life is about finding that joy within the journey itself, and that's why We're thrilled to partner with Nissan to celebrate adventurers everywhere. So thanks again to Nissan for sponsoring this episode of Zero to Travel and for the reminder to chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures and enjoy the ride along the way. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Now, back to the show. What about the other parts of your culture that you carried with you to the UK? Uh, I mean, it sounds like this area of China... Oh, the the beauty, yes. The freedom I have. It's also, um, how do I say? Yeah, from the area I grew up, it has so many uh, different ethnicities. It's very, like, it's just very colorful. I can't can't describe it as something very unique. It's unlike any other places. Like, the the, the way of how they dance, how they make music. Um, It's very raw. Um, it's uh, unpolluted by by the mainstream, but I'm not sure if nowadays it's still like that because now we have TikTok. <laughs> I see what you're saying. There was a bit of a, for the culture coming out of your region, it was a bit uh, more sheltered or perhaps untouched by the mainstream. So perhaps there's a purity to that. Yes, yes, and then that, that's been like be with me like by the way like i i grew up there but my parents are not from there so it's kind of like not from that area they're not yeah not not from the area so i'm kind of like the land take me as their kid so they're very selfless like the, the villagers when we when we were in the village they they take take me as their kids my parents are always so busy so they would go to the town to do business and then they would like leave me with the villagers and then I, I just go to their house, eat, sleep, hang with their kids. So it's, it's very, very lucky of me. So I like, because of because of those people in Yunnan, they're so pure, they're so genuine. So when I, later on, when I experience the, the dark side of how people can be, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not like losing my hope being like, oh, you know, I'm oh. going to become one of those people. Right. Huh. Uh, yeah. Explain a little bit about that, like what you just described, that the village would, you know, there's the saying, it takes a village to raise a child or whatever. And I know in some places, you know, that's like an expression that we use in the West, like meaning, you know, you need a lot of help. And I remember I took my kid to daycare one day and there was a, one of the mothers was from uh, Gambia, I think. And she literally was explaining to me, like, literally the village takes care of the child. Like, they run, you know, might run, like, one person in the village might, like, get them dressed and another one might feed them breakfast. They're all, like, sort of taking care of each other's children. And I thought that was just so nice and a uh, nice uh, idea. And can you describe a bit more about sort of, like, yeah, daily life as a kid there? Like, what, what that actually looked like? Like, walk me through a day. Oh, so I'm a very lazy kid. I like to sleep in. <laughs> but I mean, well, if you have school and stuff, you can't sleep in, right? Well, I never went to kindergarten. Okay. So, oh, so yeah. you're talking about when you're really young. Or, yeah. 
yeah, yeah but not I mean, like in my primary school. Primary school, I went to the the town. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm a lazy kid. I'm like always sleeping, and like the older kids will come to knock my door. Like my parents, they're trying to wake me up, but I won't. And they will call the the older kids, which I like them. So they will like just call these lazy kids to to wake up. And we would we would wake up. And then in my hometown, we we have like this temple, and then it's just like in the morning you have to go counterclockwise to pray. So we would so the the older people they will actually go pray properly, and then we would just like. Running around and annoying the the cows, annoying all the trees. I go around and then when they when they went into the the temple, and then we all get the how to say the the blessing. They will put like the water thing on your head and then all, all that. It's very enjoyable, very funny. We all like every time we go, we laugh, and then we just um. I'd say after that it's gonna be like midday-ish. We go back. Um, we would so other people is gonna go prepare the food, and then we we can choose to help prepare the food, or we can go pick up some. at just whoever's house, like anybody's house in the village, kind of thing. Or yeah, yeah, like uh, I mean, there's not much people, so we would discuss like, okay, where are we gonna eat in the, like this this um, afternoon. Well, I, I, it's not not everyone in the in the in the village are like in this in this group, but like right, there's okay, like five right. family of us are very okay. close. Yeah. So we would we would go pick pick stuff, and then we go, you know, <laughs> we get prepared, and then we eat. We eat, have a nap in the afternoon, and then in the yeah, and when we wake up from the afternoon, we would you know like they were like oh we would drive you because like we're high up in the in the mountains and then we would drive maybe to the town maybe we go to somewhere ride horses and we, apparently we can't but those older ones they would and we were just like sitting around play mud something like that yeah and then come home because we we don't we have we don't have electricity when i was was young so so we come back home we play some music we dance and that's it. Very simple life. Very happy. Yeah, that's why like we we always be like um when I moved to Beijing, they were like, Oh, have you ever like properly trained as a singer? I was like, No, every single person in the village can sing like this. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. Just because it's part of the village uh, life. Yeah. And then people because like we're in the um, how to say three three thousand meter above sea level, lots of mountains, and then sometimes you need to call someone across the the like on another side of the mountain. You just kind of scream, but then you also like can you sing like one part of the song and they're gonna sing back. So, yeah, that's also like something very fun to do. That's so cool. So yeah. you had a lot of freedom without your parents around. I mean, were your, you said your parents were at work somewhere? Or? Yeah, they, they have their own business and they're quite busy. I Sometimes I go travel with them, but sometimes like if they go somewhere really far, they just leave me in the village. And they just trust that, I mean, they just obviously have it worked out, I guess. So people, you know, everybody, this whole little group knows each other. So you would be taken care of and you had a lot of freedom without the parents around, I guess. So that, I mean, that sounds like a in many ways, a good environment for an artist like yourself to come up in, right? To have that freedom to explore. and Yeah, it's, it's very fun. Do you think that contributes to the creative work you do now? Oh, definitely. Yes. Yeah. In yeah, what like, way? Uh, like lots of the time. Like um, I, when I graduated from university, I'm actually not creative. 
like not much because it's it's been a long time. I'm only doing like academic stuff, and but I I have I have to like find a way that I can create again. I just like just just try to remember what were you doing when you were a kid. Oh yeah, it's great advice yeah. for everybody listening, right? Yeah. And when you say remember, do you mean the actual activities or also like the feeling? The feeling, like how how I was, how how kind of like carefree I was. It's a great way to go into uh, a project if you're creating something, right? To kind of embrace that uh, carefree kid, you know, because I see my kids draw and, and it's just like, I, I think everything's perfect. It's just the way it comes out. And that's like the point, right? And not being afraid to, well, there's like doing something wrong, like coloring outside the lines, which isn't doing something wrong, you know, but it could be perceived as that. Or then just having your own standards. So it's wrong to you. Like when you're writing a poem, I write songs, you write poems. And I mean, you can probably relate to this with words, certain cadences or things. You're just like, no, this isn't the right word. It's not because it's wrong because it's just not right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's true. You're writing your poems in a foreign language. And I know like uh, in some of the stuff I read about you, it said that you uh, it taught you how to be brave and to make mistakes and embrace flaws and new possibilities. Talk about that a little bit because it sounds like it ties in with uh, some of the carefree childhood feelings we're talking about as well. Oh, yeah. So there was one thing uh, I think is worth to mention. So in China, because like we've been invaded by the Western country before. So we still have that scar on us. So we still look up a lot to the to the Western society. And then if you, if you speak English, you're like kind of cooler than the average, basically. I was quite like talented in music. So I'm quite good at learning language somehow. Like, you know, like I'm just good at like copying. Um, so there's a long time because I'm good at English. And then I feel kind of like superior than my peer. But yeah, but then that caused a problem. It's just like once I moved to Beijing, um, I found there were like people that actually lived abroad or they're actually like they're, one of their parents are native English speakers. And I found like I'm inferior than others. And for a long time, when I moved to when I first moved to UK, I, I just I just don't feel confident at all because like <laughs> yeah, like I always like when I speak to others, I'm so tensed up. I'm like uh, that my, my my grandma is gonna be wrong, and then the way I speak is gonna be not so you know like you're gonna you you be able to tell like I. <laughs> I'm <laughs> not so good in, in my vocabulary or whatever. And um, this is actually what I learned in my course. It's like, oh, you, we all always come up with something. We change the language anyways. So you should own, like if you speak a certain language, you should own the language and speak the language in your own way. So like, yeah, yeah. And gradually I'm just like, oh, like, fine. I'm just going to speak English in my own way. Like I always like making like jokes, like when we're, cause in, um, in the, in the electronic music scene, there's like, if you're like a pretty girl walking around, there's always like creepy man following you around. And I was telling like, my friend, I was like, look, oily man, 
And then like everyone started being like oily men and then uh, it doesn't exist before in, in English. Like everyone is like, oh, it's such a great expression. Like someone being so oily is so good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, and then I'm, I'm just like, oh, then like if I can speak it in daily life, like own the language, speak in my own way, then I can, you know, I can probably try it in poetry. And then just because it's something like, it's not really what everyone knows, so it can be symbolic. So actually, it's a disadvantage, but in poetry, it can become an advantage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a great way to look at it. I Well, I live in Norway. I don't know if you know, and I speak Norwegian, but it's the same struggle that you're... I can totally relate to this because I, you know, sometimes talk to my neighbors and they look at me funny because obviously I don't know the exact expression or the right way to say it, so... This is nice for me to take in to think, oh, maybe I just speak it in my own way and everybody will accept the crazy American. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But writing, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, I just, I just say like, like before I was like quite scared. I'm like, am I doing this right? Am I, am I speaking it right? Like I found, so, you know, like socially, I'm not so interesting so charismatic but then once I started be like I'll just like, give up I just speak whatever the way I want and I found like uh actually like I become more popular in a way <laughs> ah that's cool other people of course can be attracted to just you know people that feel like comfortable with themselves right it's just like well hey yeah. this is Whatever, this is how I speak right now. This is the level I'm at. It's constantly, I mean, it's like learning a language, at least for me, is a constant, uh, it's an ongoing thing. And, and you know, Norwegian to English, I mean, we have some words that are very similar. You went from Mandarin, I guess, to English. That That's completely different. <laughs> a, lot, a lot to learn. Yes. I speak yeah. lots of Chinglish, <laughs> which doesn't make any sense. <laughs> But when you write poems, they're beautiful. And I've been really enjoying going through and looking at the pictures and, and checking them out. We should talk a little bit about the the book and we'll link to it, of course, in the show notes because you're not you can only buy a paper copy, I think, right? Yes. And you don't have a website for it or anything, or is it just a There is a website. We'll link to it when we put the episode out. Can you talk about the genesis or the reason for the trip in the first place why a solo bikepacking trip and, and around the scottish highland like why why the scottish highlands why solo why bikepacking had you done any of those things before so the the year before i uh this thing happened i went there once and that was like the it's the first year of lockdown and it's like kind of like the darkest time of of my uh, my life. Very yeah. dramatic of me, but <laughs> really, yeah. well, why? Just yeah, so my, because um, my parents they wanted me to go back to China because there's coronavirus going on. But then I I've always struggled to to live in China, and I, I have friends here. Um, I just don't want to go, so I decided to not go, and then they were very angry about it. So they kind of like like not really speaking to me. Oh my but gosh. The, but yeah, but then the thing is, I, I, uh, it's, it's lockdown. I stayed in London by myself and then I didn't really like the, the psychology course at that time. Like every, I really wanted to quit for many times. I was, how to say, uh, leaving with like a really manipulative 
artist. <laughs> Not really. He's a lazy artist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were like with a partner who wasn't... Uh... No, it's not a partner. It's like, it's just a flatmate. And then like, we get along very well. Like he's like, he's like way older than me. And then we both, we both like electronic music, both like art. And he he was like, oh, I need a flatmate. I was like, oh, sure. I'll stay. And I stayed, but then I, you know, things didn't, it's not a very good situation, but I was so young. I was not be able to tell like what's wrong. Like that. Yeah. Like when was it? Like yeah, not not so young, like um, twenty. So. Okay, yeah. but I mean, <laughs> it was like not... you mean it was like sort of toxic in a way. In uh... uh yeah, yeah, like just every time I I put out like a set, he would say something. Ah, you know it's good, but but you know it's you know the the behind the the curtain is not a genuine. It's a good set, and then when I put on like events, like my own events, and he would like trying to do something like you know just just it just doesn't feel right yeah not supportive uh, no no yeah. not not as what he said on the right. surface it's supposed to be and i just it just make me feel how to say uh, i'm not actually good like people 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 like my work because they they just want to be polite and then it's just not so nice and then and also there was other stuff like happening a bit earlier in my in my life and when I was like 17 ish it's quite traumatizing and and I I didn't really recover it from it and my parents I didn't like my parents didn't really like want to have a comment on it so that time I'm basically like on my own and I I don't have like solid friend in London wow oh yeah that sounds really hard yeah, so like the first time I went to Scotland, I was like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna find somewhere quiet and then go kill myself." Are, are you serious? <laughs> yes. Really? Yeah. Oh my yeah. god! I'm then, so sorry. Then, that's. Uh, yeah, but that's uh, dark. That's a that's a tough place. I mean, that's the worst place to be, right? I mean, uh, get down. Yeah, now now I look back, I'm, I, I'm not sure if it's a bad place or I'm just being like an annoying emo teenager. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, if the, if it comes up as a topic in your head, it's it's something to take seriously, right? Yeah, was 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 quite um, was, yeah, it, it was difficult. But now I look at look back at it, I'm like, I can manage, not a problem. But yeah, yeah anyways, and I went there, I met like the so random i stayed in the bnb and then there was this woman she does like triathlon and she's like oh you look not very happy like are you having like difficulties in your life like she she she's like ah oh, maybe you should go try to climb a mountain and then you can go cycle around and and then see how it goes really yeah yeah and i was like a good idea and then i actually did i went to climb a mountain <laughs> that's so cool then- <laughs> yeah yeah and then it's it's like the the mountain like it was uh, the, the mountain climbing journey was actually so funny it was like i was like oh this place is so quiet perfect place to accomplish suicide <laughs> you were still yeah <laughs> yeah and another on another hand it's like oh maybe maybe climb to the top of the mountain so you at least at least accomplish something for yourself in your life you know and, and so so I'm like the whole time I was like, oh, you should kill yourself. Oh, climb to the top of the mountain. And then when I actually climbed the top of the mountain, I was like, uh, it's actually not so bad. 
Now I want to like do something more interesting. So I left the mountain. I kept cycling, and I, and I just it just it just become um it just the exercise itself make me like gave me some some you know power. I'm not so so weak anymore. So when I'm back to London, when I'm facing the life here, I'm like okay, I'm, I I know like how to set boundaries a little bit better. Yeah. And then, and then the, the second time, like when I finished my, my university, I was like, yes, it, like I, I look into my life. I was like, I've done nothing for myself. Like everything I chose, like it seems like I chose for myself, but no, it's either I chose because my culture said so, because my parents said so, because because my fear, because whatever, I never chose, I never accomplished anything, which I'm proud of myself. I'm like, okay, I'm going to leave all this behind. (laughs) I'm just, I'm just going to, just going to go to to cycle this whole route, like on my own. And I'm not going to, you know, they, they like, oh, oh, there was another thing I'm a little bit funny about, like normally when Chinese people travel, like you either go with like a group, like you know, just twenty minutes, go to the palace, and then you know, take a picture, get on the bus, next one, something like that, and then, or um, you just you just go with like a you know, like like something fancy. But I'm like, no, I'm not gonna do any of that. I'm gonna do something actually fun, and I, and then I just I just I just go like how to say i decided like within within two weeks once i submitted my my dissertation i'm like ah what am i doing now like yeah i'm also worried about my visa at that time uh and i got better better do something before everything collapsed so i i I went by myself scotland no because scotland there you can't see you almost can't see much people and I, I always always get annoyed when I see when I see a lot of people. So that's why it's Scotland. So the first trip where you met the woman and she suggested you climb the mountain, that was in Scotland as well, right? Yeah. 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 Same same region, and you decided to go back, just to be clear, to the same sort of area, right? Uh or- no, she lives in Nairn, which is like south, south, more south than okay. Inverness. Yes. But then gotcha. I went to the more north bit and I I'm, I met a lot of very nice people on the trip. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Wow. I always love to hear stories about somebody who just kind of said something that changed somebody somebody's life forever. It sounds like just that moment of climbing the mountain for you was a pretty pivotal moment in your life. There's a lot of symbolism there too. I mean, it's not often you hear like actually you climb to a top of a mountain and... <laughs> It's poetic, let's say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's it's yeah, of course. And also that's 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 just Scotland itself is very poetic. There's it's, I don't know. I I think I I don't know like in the no I'm not sure about all of the Chinese people but like from my like like if I think about stereotype it's like Irish and Scottish people are very poetic, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of wonderful writers coming out of 
Yeah, they're I'm like not sure if it's because the weather <laughs> drunk, or, drunk yeah. and emotional. <laughs> yeah, they can always spin a good yarn, I guess, as they say. The travel aspect of this, I mean, it sounds like you, like you said, you chose to do something that, again, this is another like countercultural thing for you, right? You're like generally Chinese people travel this way or this way, and I'm going to do it this way, and and it it, it seems like that's sort of a constant in your life too. It's kind of like let me pick the thing that's countercultural to the culture that I grew up in and and explore it as a means of expression, I guess. The trip itself, did you have an intention going into it outside of just going to have a travel experience? Did did you mean to write a book of poetry? Were you were you using it as like a framework to figure out what to do next in life? Or like, you know, what was the trip to you going into it and what did it turn into coming out of it? Like that time, I'm very believing like Jung's theory of individuation to me. Like I'm just talking about what I understand, but because I, I didn't I didn't come back to the theory of Jung for, for a year and a half now. So <laughs> not going to be accurate. But from my point of view, the, the, like if you reach individuation means you, you become like a proper independent individual, like the your culture is no longer dictating you. Your your ancestors, uh, what your ancestors did is your is not gonna dictate your um, decision anymore. Um, so lots of like um, unconscious stuff, like within within you, can can cause you do something. Like you thought you'd made a decision, but you actually is you're not making a decision. You just it's like a natural flow which is pushed by the the unconscious side of your psyche and if you are fully like like at rich individual individuation it's a hard word individuation yeah <laughs> yes yes so kind of like you indi- integrated the the shadow part of your your psyche and you're fully kind of like fully aware so you are to me it's like okay now you break through all the cage your fate is in your own hand. And that's my intention. Is there something so funny? Like, I, I'm not sure, like, uh, yeah, my, my mom, she's, I mean, everyone's mom probably a little bit superstitious. <laughs> like, she she used, used to, like, like, getting me, like, astrology readings, Chinese astrology readings, like, all these stuff. And they were, they were like, oh, you're probably going to be, you know, this you're gonna be that and and then um every time i was oh am i gonna become a good musician i probably not i was like i don't believe that and uh, and also like uh there's something so and i i'm always like i'm very scared about like my mom is always, always like get, giving me a vibe like oh all the men you're gonna find in your life is gonna be you know very very bad man <laughs> It's like you're never gonna you're never gonna find like real love that doesn't exist, <laughs> and I'm like I don't I don't believe it. I'm like, I don't believe I don't believe that's my fate. Yeah, yeah. So it's a conscious rejection of the things that are put upon you from culture, society, parents. Yeah. When when parents say certain things, it's very powerful. So you have to defend against that in some ways, right? Like. And I love my parents, but of course, there are certain things that I don't agree with philosophically that I have to just make sure, okay, I'm, I 
don't adopt that like subconsciously. Don't adopt that idea just because it was said to you uh, repeatedly on occasions growing up or, you know, like money, money would be like a thing for me, you know, uh, money related kind of philosophies or mindsets that had to sort of dig out like weeds, dig the weeds out of the mental garden, so to speak. (laughs) We'll get back to the interview in just a moment. Would you love to have an incredible cup of coffee every day? I've tried it all. I've done the pour over. I've done the French press, but I tasted an AeroPress coffee many years ago and immediately I was sold. I had to get one. AeroPress is a patented three-in-one brew technology. This combines the flavor benefits of espresso, pour-over, and French press all into one compact portable device built for travel or home. I love things you can use in both places. This device has over 55,000 five-star reviews in over 60 countries. AeroPress is the best-reviewed coffee press on the planet. I've owned one for so many years. I don't even remember how long it's been. And they are under 50 bucks. So they also make an exceptional gift. Thoughtful, proven, tasty, and travel-oriented. Who wouldn't love that? Now, you get 20% off just for being a listener of this show at aeropress.com slash zero to travel. That's aeropress, A-E-R-O-P-R-E-S-S dot com slash zero to travel. That will save you 20% on checkout. Thanks to Aeropress for supporting today's show. Hey, it's Jason here. Did you know you are invited to join the first ever Zero to Travel community trip? Yes, we're planning a trip together. We're headed to Morocco November 30th through December 9th. And you can get all the details at zerototravel.com slash trip. It's open for booking now. We have 13 spots left at the time of this recording. And you have until the end of March to book. So if you're interested in traveling with an amazing community, this community, a small group of people, on an incredible journey through Morocco together with me. Sign up over there at zerototravel.com slash trip to get all the details. Thanks for listening and hope to see you there. Now, back to the show. So that trip was an exploration of your individuation. Hey, we're making poetry. Uh, Yeah. An exploration (laughs) of your individuation. It rhymes. Yeah, it rhymes. It rhymes. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't mean to. I'm not trying to turn this into like a a rap song or something, but. uh, (laughs) No, but. Please do. It's funny. (laughs) I'm having a great time chatting with you. Now, this is is really interesting, but that's a pretty big intention. You're like, all right, I'm going to go into this solo biking journey and and then I'm going to you know, sort of break free of all this stuff that's been implanted on me in my whole life. What happened? How did that, I mean, were you just thinking about this every day or like talk about the experience and and now that you can reflect back on it, I guess just share the, the actual experience. Cause like that's the other thing with travel, right? We can create these trips and these frameworks and have these intentions, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to come to fruition or that's like, you know, we're going to walk the, you know, the Camino de Santiago and at the end I'm going to be healed from my trial or whatever. Like it's a lot of expectation to put on a trip. So I always think there's this balance between having like, you can have an intention around like a trip like this, but also being okay that if like everything that you wanted to be realized from that isn't necessarily accomplished, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, 
talking about the trip, it's like because I'm cycling and I so I can't look at my phone. And then like I think the first half of the trip, um, I think I cycle like six to eight hours per day. Well, the whole thing is not that long, but I was like taking small places so like I can get distracted. Like so, my brain is not stuck. So I'm like, you know, just exercise and then like let things like go over, over, over. Like kind of like the, the, the I, I hate I t- hate being one of those Namaste people. <laughs> but, but yeah, like like you when you're doing meditation at the beginning, your mind is really not stabilized. You just like. Every, everything goes around goes around like you go in and say I'm a worry about this worry about that what am I gonna become what am I gonna accomplish am I gonna be such a cool person la 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 li, li, li. and it's just tiring um so that's the first half of the trip and then there was like it's very very interesting it's like magically there was one day I wake up and I cycle I'm like oh let's start you know I'll just let the brain go jumping around and it it stopped it just it just empty like it's interesting like it reflected in the poem uh let me let me find i let me find like there was one section you probably can 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 tell um well if you want to read it for us like the whole thing i'd love for you to read one of your poems uh (laughs) it doesn't have to it doesn't have to be this one but it would be nice or we can, you can read it later and we can like, I don't want to put you on the spot and we can share it at the end of the show or something. But. Okay, probably later. But I'm okay. just saying like uh, at the beginning, like the first three sections, I have a lot of criticism on like everything, like all oh, this, this religion thing is not going like, it's not behaving. There's like dodgy stuff going on with religions. There's dodgy stuff going on with, uh, with our country. There's dodgy stuff there. There's dodgy stuff there. There's dodgy stuff in like mainstream belief in relationship everywhere. Like I'm like, no, nothing is going, nothing's right. Nothing, nothing behaves. And then like out of sudden, it's like, um, I think from, from section four and five, like that at that time, like my brain is just empty. And then there's actually like proper, I, from my point of view, like, especially the last section, I was like more like proper poetry comes out. Like before it's more like, you know, like my, my Instagram posts, like, you know, you know, those, those, how to say, let me find a funny one. (laughs) 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 Let me, let me find a funny one. Okay. I'm not not sure if you, if you heard about it, but like, I, I, I love this, 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 this book. (laughs) It's, 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 it's so funny. It's like something like, it is your blood in my veins. Tell me how I'm supposed to forget you know you know this really popular po- poet milk and honey that the author that write that it's like the all the you don't need to learn how to write you don't need to learn how to write poem all you need is to learn how to change lines that's basically how i started i, I write something you know like a random stuff and i change lines all poetry <laughs> and change the end let it rhyme poetry <laughs> but yeah not 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 necessarily so it's called impressive. milk and honey is that the name of the Oh yeah, book not, or yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I'm, I, not, I, I'm not sure. I'm gonna get lots of hate about it, but anyway. No, I hadn't. I hadn't heard uh, of that. Oh, it's, please have a look. It's funny. Okay. It's, it's so entertaining. Is it? Is it the one by Rupi Kaur? Yes. Yes. Okay. Have a look. Is it funny? You said. 
It's funny. Like I even made a joke in my book. I just read like one line. I said, "How much do I re- deserve to relax?" I was like, "Exactly, contemporary poetry. You don't need to rhyme. You don't need the beauty. You just need to write a single line." And I tell people that is poetry. So that's poetry. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. But I mean, that's there's no rules to life in in that way, right? Like I mean, yeah. to art, I should say. There's definitely rules in society, but you know, part of the individuation process is breaking free of the rules, right? Yes, that's the step one. The step one is to have no rules. And the second step is to find your own rules and stick with it. So what are you, do you have your own rules right now, actually written out? Or is it like just something in your head? What kind of conclusions have you come to, like all these life experiences? Where are you at right now and today? Well, I was just saying writing poetry on my, I'm actually like trying to read more other people's work, like trying to accumulate my vocabulary. As you can see from this book, my vocabulary is not very good. And I'm actually trying to learn like from say, like, like, you know, different, different, like old poems, how, how the form are be done, how hard, what are the rhythm be done? I'm actually like trying to learn it properly, not be like, oh, I'm just going to be free. I'm just going to write whatever I can. I'm such a talented person. No, I don't believe that anymore. I need like proper practice to be good. Oh, you mean working on the craft of poetry? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's always one of the tricks, right? The, The craft of it and then the knowing the rules so you can break them kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also like saying about that, like, I think if you say, oh, like life is about like very breaking out, like all the boundaries and, um, you know, like there's no, actually no rule or whatever you want. It's quite dangerous. That's how all these cults get everyone. That's what I thought. Because like, they can say whatever, whatever like they they want and then if you if you actually resist they were like oh you're not not actually so enlightened like you should you should like break free from all of these it's not it doesn't matter no it's important uh, this is something i learned very recently it's important to like after you you break free from the old from the the old cage you have a new walls around your city it's very important a new walls around your city yes you mean what, what do you mean? What kind of walls for you? Do you mean like emotional walls or something that protects you from certain things? Or what do, what do you mean by that? Like a reasonable boundaries. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. For yourself, kind of knowing what where your boundary is and making sure people in your life and work or other things don't sort of cross into that too much. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like also just like some some like personal standards. Like I I mm. should wake up every morning, write like five five lines at least every oh, single see. week. Okay, I should have at least five days write a poem. Oh yeah, so having <laughs> a, like having that. practices that not not just the uh, hey I'm gonna wait for inspiration to strike, but actually having a practice for the craft so you can improve. Yeah, yeah, the primary artistic avenues that you explore is painting music and poetry is that right sounds like photography too yeah are you an artist full-time are these just things that you like to do Do how do you balance yeah that's my aspiration like i'm I'm like a young kid don't know like if you look at seriously like i'm i'm just like you know very young and i like still trying to figure out what's gonna 
what I'm going to do with my life. I don't have like a proper career yet. We're all trying to figure it out. (laughs) We're all trying to figure it out. Yeah. (laughs) I I wish I can become a full time. I can, I can actually like support myself financially with my, my artwork, but it's a super difficult thing to do so far. Mm, Yeah. What do you attract to the most right now? As far as expression. Like which, which, which yeah. medium? Yeah. Ah, uh, I'll say writing and music. Okay. Yeah. Yes. There was something very similar with these two. Because like music have a form. Poetry as well. Music kind of rhymes. <laughs> Can make them, yeah. And then the poetry needs to do a similar thing. So I, I think there's those ones I'm like most like like to do the most and i think that's the these two are the the ones which is very can take you outside of planet earth yes take you away i love that feeling yeah when you look at your watch and you realize like four hours had gone by and you don't know where you disappeared to (laughs) it's an awesome awesome feeling yeah and they both have uh structure and form that can also be interpreted any which way by different individuals and what individuals can do with with music and writing and poetry it's it's magic right Mm -hmm. how did the solitude portion of the trip enhance your creativity oh so when when I I mean everyone started to create something, you probably have a hero in your head. Like you know, you're gonna copy their style because they're so cool. But then if you're you're solitude, you you, you kind of make a space and you allow your own stuff grow out. So you kind of like become unique. Yeah. So the, yeah. did the trip help you kind of work through that process to find your own voice? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Did you camp the whole time? Not every day, but most of the days. Okay. And did you just find random places uh, to camp anywhere? Because you can wild camp in Scotland. Was that? Yeah, if it's like good weather, I'm not so sweaty. I I do wild camping. If I'm so sweaty and I need hot water to shower, I'll stay in campsite. Then you stay in a campsite. Okay. And you can find a lot of those on, on the way. Yeah. I mean, I'm just curious with the trip you took always nice to get some travel tips or some of the highlights for you just from a traveler's perspective. What would you say to somebody else considering like, oh, this sounds solo bikepacking journey around the Scottish Highlands and Orkney Islands. That sounds amazing. What do I do? How do I plan it? What should I, what advice would you give that person? Make sure, make sure you have enough food because like <laughs> there was... <laughs> There is not much supermarket on the way, especially if you get to the West Coast. That's an important tip then. You have to carry a lot of your food with you. Yeah, it was so funny. Like uh, um, there was one day I was like, oh, it's going to be fine. Like, look on the map. There are so many towns. I'm sure all of these towns are going to have like a supermarket. I can get something to eat. And when I get there, like there was like a a big landmark on the on the on the map and I was like okay this is gonna be like a town and I went there is a bridge <laughs> oh. a you're like this bridge isn't a supermarket <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like when I'm there 
I'm like, shall I laugh at myself? It's like, it's, I'm so hungry. I'm like starving to death. And then I guess, especially that area. And you're burning like, so many calories because you're cycling. That's insane. <laughs> I'm like, shall I laugh? Shall I, <laughs> shall I sit down and cry? Yeah, right. Which did you choose? <laughs> well, well I, I, yes. <laughs> did you take out your fork and knife and start cutting into the bridge you're like well i guess it's come no, to this it's so awkward like I, there was like people passing by i was like 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 trying to get them and they were like oh so what's going on i was like i'm sorry i'm starving can you give me some food <laughs> <laughs> did they they did oh that's nice so these are like the random acts and kindness that you experience along the way yeah yeah did you experience a lot of those types of moments loads it's yeah. so nice i think i think like to be honest it's just like when we were in a city we we think or like in our, our like normal life we think oh there's like people are not so nice you need like you know there's boundaries but i think everyone should get that like the mentality when you are traveling because you know you're excited you're like you you're sure like people people is going to be nice to you so they actually do oh yeah so because you're saying the uh the energy you put out reflects back in the form of the people you meet and things like that. Cause you have the, you have the expectation that maybe you're going to interact and people will be the world's nice and th that sort of thing. Is that what you mean? And then that, that gets reciprocated back. It's because of the mindset you think, or. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I think so. Like the, the energy, the mindset, and also like if you're expecting something so nice from others, they will feel so good about themselves as well because you're like, you're a kind person and we all want to be kind person. It feels good. Yeah. 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 I mean, committing a random act of kindness is great for both people, right? It, it makes the person, the, the receiver feel great and it makes the giver feel awesome too. I feel like this is something great. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was awesome. It's like, I met so many like fun people. I met the, my, fr my friend, my old man friend in Orkney. Um, I stayed with him for many days and he's like 75 year old. Very, very he used to be in the army and very, very strong. How very did you guys fit. become friends? Oh, like I got my period. I can't cycle. I'm like dead completely. So I have to find someone to stay. So I, I end up in his house and then he's, he's like, he used to box. I used to box as well. And yeah, yeah. And I was just, I was just like, the, the very random. And he always take the guests out to cycle. And I went, but like, cause he is very fit. He, he always need to wait others, but I'm like, I'm like not so dead. And he's so happy. He was like, Oh my God, I don't need to wait anymore. Like I can actually race you. I was like, yeah. And then we, we, like, I showed him my DJ set. He loved it. And then we were like talking about, like very random stuff. And uh, he is so funny. Like we're just constantly joking about stuff. Both of us love sticky toffee pudding. We were like going to supermarket by all the sticky, different brands of sticky toffee pudding. And then we would do like a tasting session. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, we still, we, like I, I, I still like go to see him every year. I mean, it's only two years ago. So I saw him last year as well. Was he a traveler or was he like one of the owners of one of the campsites or something? He says he's like the, the owner of the, the bed and breakfast. Okay. Like, What's it called? Yeah. Give him, let's give him a shout out here. Oh, oh yeah. It's uh, I actually can't, I, I find on the map. I can't so if, pronounce. If I show up and be like, Hey, I'm friends with CD 17 and then he'll be like, Hey, come on in. We got your best 
best room for you and you know all the- oh yeah you should you should visit it's a lovely uh converted uh boat like old boat factory it's com- uh yeah let me let me find it's in stromness well we can we can we can link up to it so people can can check it out we'll give yes. we'll give him what's his name his name is chris chris sorry we'll give chris a shout out and link to his the <laughs> His B and B. Hey, Chris. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's probably gonna be like, don't, don't mention me. <laughs> I want to be a quiet, happy old man. <laughs> Bringing all these people here. No. Yeah. Well, I mean, the people you meet—that's obviously a huge part of it's, any trip, yeah. right? I mean, and there was a very important, like, like two of the people, like in the West Coast, there was this lighthouse, like called Rural Raid Lighthouse. Everyone can go visit. Please, please go spend some money there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like um, so it's the owner is um Iranian Scottish woman and she's super nice. She cooked the best food. I met her and her son the first time I went there. The the, the trip when I want to go suicide. And then, uh, what was it? I just got along with her very much like she reminds me of my grandma like she's also like very brave very like interesting she's an artist herself and then her son was like end up like same age as me and at the beginning the first time like we were like like none of us like each other and then like the second time I visit because he was applying to like university in London and he got, didn't get accepted. So I, I, because his mom was so nice to me, I was like, oh, come to London and visit. And then now we are like very, very close friends. Like, like yeah, like that's the, like, the, I would say that's like the best thing um, happened on the trip because I, I met these two, <laughs> especially yeah. the boy. <laughs> awesome. I've had such a nice time chatting with you today. I've really enjoyed uh, the conversation and your spirit and, and the energy you bring. We're not in the same room, but I can feel your uh, your positivity shining through here on the on the screen. And I hope that if you come through Norway, you'll look me up and uh, I'll do the same. We, we can do a part two in person. Do you want to read a little poem? Uh, we should give it the book a shout out one more time. You don't have to, or we can we can skip that. But if you'd like to, we, we would love to hear one. If you want to just pick one. And the weights we carry. You want to talk about the title? Uh, why why the weights we carry? Oh, because each of the, the poem is kind of like one thing you should you know, <laughs> like break free from to reach your individuation. So it's a, it's a weight we all carry from our ancestors, from, from our nation, from our society. So, yeah. yeah. I love that. So maybe I like to leave uh, folks with a challenge that are listening sometimes. Perhaps that could be the challenge for the day coming out of this podcast is to let go of a little weight, whatever that means to you. Could be a good one, huh? Mm-hmm. Shall I read one? Yes, please, if you don't mind. Yes, I'm going to read this one, like, uh, because I, I found lots of people, especially in London, like, they they work a little bit too much, but, but you know, but, like, it's, it's kind of, like, become the slave of capitalism. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes, I'm trying to avoid it, but I'm sure one day I will become as well. <laughs> yeah. What's so, this one called? 
It's called Hope. Okay. So, are you scared of the wind? Sitting on rocks with white trousers. There are a million of efforts designed for city species who couldn't conquer the hills, but sit for twenty-four hours. Real heroes swallowing pain, or trying to work in vain. Kids with no faith won't move their brains, so get used to bury your cousins for a good name. But why would we need revolutions if there's a house with hot showers near purple flowers? Just us and the sky. Thank you so much for that. And again, we'll link up to everything we mentioned: the weights we carry, poems from a solo bike packing journey around the Scottish Highlands and the Orkney Islands by CD Seventeen. You can look that up. And uh, I'm looking at that poem right here. Lovely pictures of horses and a nice little painting. Thanks for your time. It was such a pleasure getting to know you, and I wish you the best of luck with everything. And hope we can、uh, stay in touch here and there. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much. It was lovely to talk to you. <laughs> if, yeah, I'm. I'm gonna start my Europe trip like on Thursday. So if I、uh, go past your your area, I'll give you a shout. Please do. Where are you、yeah. going? Where are you gonna be going? I'm gonna start a trip in、uh, Germany. I'm gonna go to my my old favorite place. I'm gonna go Berlin, and then and see how it goes. Awesome. We'll have、yes. a great time and safe travels, and wish you the best of luck. Yes, thank you very much. Take care. There you have it. I want to thank Seventeen for stopping by the show and just sharing, sharing in the way that she does. I really admire her courage to share, to speak out, and that's something I've never had to deal with personally. I come from places where. You can speak out about authority figures or systems or anything else, and you can do that without repercussions. And I don't know what the rules are in terms of speaking out against certain entities as a member of a certain society. This is across the world, right? I mean, there there are nuances there, but to speak out at all, it takes guts. And I appreciate her spending the time here to share her story. We'll leave you with a quote from the book in a moment. Just a quick reminder to get in touch if you've never done so. You can leave me a voicemail, drop me an email, Jason at zero to travel dot com. Sign up for the free newsletter over at zero to travel dot com slash newsletter. I send one out once a week with travel tips, advice, musings, all that good stuff. Zero to travel dot com slash newsletter. If you've been putting that off, sign up. It's free. Okay. Here's a little snippet from a poem from CD17's book, "The Weights We Carry." This poem was called "Farewell." Just three lines here. I'm going to share the voice of the sea, the voice of me. How were dreams born? And as you go about your day, what dreams will be perhaps reborn? What new dreams will be born today? Who knows? But you can ponder that. As I let you go, thank you for listening, and I'll see you next week. Peace and love to you and yours. Cheers. This podcast has been brought to you by ZeroToTravel.com. Ideas and advice to make your travel dreams a reality.